I know knowledge is at your fingertips more now than ever in the history of, you know, the rock that we're on. It, you could just go and learn. You could probably, if you wanted to and dedicated your, you could know more about law than some of the lawyers that are out there if you really wanted to. But you can't practice without that cert, you know, and, it, and you know, there are these barriers to entry where you need that education. If that's not the case, and that's a rare case in my, in my at least, engagement with the military community, you know, that might be one in 50 or so that say, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be this type of scientist. I want to be this engineer, you know, or I want to be able to, an architect that stamps the, you know, the electrical, okay, you need, a, you need a piece of paper for that. I get it. The other 49 of those 50 should at least take a run at a, it may be like a, a degree free path or a, or, a, or a certification type of path or a trade type of path to get to where they want to be. There are so many ins now into these companies, into these industries. You know, you look at just entry level inside sales. You look at the, 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 the kid we have at UPS. You look at just, there are so many entry points that you would be remiss. You would look back. I can almost guarantee you'll look back and say, I should have been doing that. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. Aloha, folks, and welcome back to Degree Free. I am super excited today to have our guest, Milo Speranzo, on with us. Milo, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, of course, Ryan. Thank you. I first became aware of the podcast via just chance on, on TikTok, of, of all places. And, uh, <laughs> and then I listened to a couple here over the past month or so. I, I think what you're doing, you and, and Hannah, I, it is invaluable. So I, I absolutely love it. And it's something that not only I believe in, I, I, I've preached a bit to some of my my veteran counterparts over the past oh, it's 15 years now or so. Amazing. And, you know, thank you for those kind words. But, you know, it's so funny. Like you talk about being aware of our podcast from TikTok. Yeah. TikTok is literally has been the best networking, quote unquote, network. Everybody's talking about building their network and everything yeah. like that. It has been the best networking tool that Hannah or myself have ever have. And and I kind of tell this story. There's this one time that I went to a, a networking event and I said, I'll never go back. And and it's just like, I'll never go back. Like just to a strict, I've done that. You know, I've done a, that. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe to a, like a conference. Okay. You know, and then where you network at a conference where like people are speaking about things that are relevant, like, like to a podcasting conference for one, like, you know, I'm a professional podcaster. This is what I do. Yep. Maybe, you know, I'll learn, I'll learn something. But I went to this one networking event, like strictly networking. And I was a young entrepreneur. So was Hannah. We were running a tattoo business at the time. And we don't really talk about this much on this podcast, which is interesting. Uh, we were running like a very specialized tattoo uh, business and we didn't have any entrepreneur friends. And we were about a year into it. And we go there and we show up and everybody is just focused on how they can get something out of the other person. 100%. Right. And, you know, mainly we were there just so that we could meet friends. Yeah. Like mainly so that we could f like, you know, we were working hundred hour weeks and we were like, God, I don't have anybody in my life that's like this. And, you know, but anyway, everybody there I was like a digital marketer and they all like everybody except for Hannah and myself 
were like doing digital marketing agencies. And so Hannah and I were the only people that were doing something that wasn't digital marketing. And so they just, you know, latched on like sharks. No, I, 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 so I, early on, I, and the good news is, I don't know, maybe the, your listeners will find value in this, but um, I have made so many bad decisions. It's been great though for me. It has been like one dumb thing after another, after another for like five years. And I learned so much through that process that, uh, that one, hopefully, you know, the listeners can take something from that. But two, I started with those networking events too. And it was, uh, you know, perfect young professionals or this or that, whatever, whatever it was. I went out and I tried, I tried to build a network. It caused more churn, frankly. I mean, and I'm sure there are some out there that are absolutely amazing and somebody's cracked the code and it's like, you go to this conference and you're gonna, you'll, you know, take whatever you're doing specifically to the next level. But for me, I went to build relationships and the only relationships that I could build were ones they were artificial. People were trying to sell me services. They were trying to, you know, it was like poachers almost. It felt really like, oh, there's people here selling to me. Hey, come and do this. Come and, you know, come and join this program, get this certification, join this network, which is like a paid network to, you know, meet all of the local whoever, whomever in your, in your, uh, in your geo. So I've had the, I've had a very similar experience and I could say that that's one area. And like I said, not to be general, I hate generalizing things, but I look back through my my LinkedIn connections here occasionally. I don't have anyone in there from the networking event days. Everybody has been grown fairly organically and through other methods. Absolutely. And we talk about it like um, my network has grown much more. One, by doing two things. One, doing something in public. And that's going to be like, whether it was my tattoo studio or this podcast, right? Like doing something in public where I'm making it aware to other people that this is what I'm doing. And then the second is providing value to other people, right? And, and, and it could be something as simple as like you and I, like value is you and I align on something where we think that people do not necessarily need college degrees to have a successful career and to, you know, quote unquote, make it, you know, success is such a di- difficult word because it, it means so many things to different people, but yeah, absolutely. you don't need that. And so it could just be providing a quote unquote platform for like-minded people to come on and just kind of express, you know, your stories and stuff like that. It yeah, could be as simple I, as that. I, I can't agree with you more. I, I kind of, I didn't brand this, you know, I'm a marketer at heart. So I currently work for Dell Technologies. I've been there for, I've been for about five years now and uh, it's absolutely wonderful company. And we do a lot of, you know, let's call it, they have their own, like all, like all companies, they have their own languages, but in marketing, you know, top of the funnel and you, and and you on the podcast, you talk about marketing a lot. So, you know, there's this top of the funnel awareness. And I preach this to the vets that I work with and having that awareness is the absolute key to building the network. And, you know, it's after, and I think, you know, we could probably take a step back and talk about how to introduce yourself into different environments. And, but ever since I was, you know, I was in the Air Force for for 14 years. And I always, for some reason, I just was one of those guys that just liked to build relationships. I just liked to, I I didn't want to be bored. It was very self-serving. It was like, I started off as an aircraft mechanic. And it was like, all right, well, I don't want to change, you know, an oil filter today. What can I volunteer for 
that'll get me out of this work. You know, very self-serving stuff, but lessons learned through that. So, you know, it's, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the, uh, the door guard today at the command post? Do you want to go pick up this dignitary at the airport? Do you, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do, you know, volunteer for a, one, my value to the organization with just doing these little side roles increased more than you could ever imagine. All of a sudden I'm like the go-to for random things. I'm the, then I'm the only guy, the one guy retires. I'm the only guy that knows how to go and, you know, pick up the, the general <laughs> in the, in the, in the right, you know, manner. So, you know, I'm that guy, but from a network perspective, I've always been relationship driven. I've always, you know, certainly engaged the people that, that I work around, work with and, and my near, near network. It didn't explode until I did this, you know, kind of top of funnel awareness, like two inches deep across the broader, whatever that organization is, the company, the military base, the, the air force command, whatever that is. But I would say in the matter of the, you know, the first six years was kind of heads down. After that, uh, my network increased. I, I, I don't even, I can't even quantify it. You know, maybe a hundredfold in the following five years after that. And then that started like this ball rolling of, wow, you know what? I'm starting to see some things that I really enjoy. I want to dig deeper into this. Maybe I'll take a side project. Maybe I'll do a stretch project, you know, or whatever corporate calls it today. Uh, get a mentoring, you know, get a formal mentor mentee relationship, whatever that is, you know, that awareness piece was so key for me to be successful in any way, in, in any form, military, personal life, even, you know, uh, and then certainly in, in the corporate world today, it's just been a godsend. I kind of wanted to take a couple steps back and I definitely want to get to actually what you do in your job and, and all yeah. of that. But since we're kind of pulling at this thread, I, I wouldn't mind pulling a little bit more, but just to kind of go back and define some of the terms that we were talking about here for some of the viewers, you know, we we're talking about top of funnel awareness and, you know, for most of the people listening to this, they're not marketers and, you know, they don't, they don't understand what that is. Could you explain a little bit about what you mean, especially when it means from a personal brand perspective or like that's a, that's a new agey yeah. word. But, that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. So I, I mean, there's, and in marketing, it's going to be different than a personal, you know, kind of brand piece. In marketing, top of the funnel is, is where, where you start. It's broad communication. It's email blast. It's whatever. And then you work, you work your customers down the funnel into a more one-to-one -one relationship to sell X or Y, or there's transactional buyers that buy at the top of the funnel. Lots of things. Personal brand wise, you know, I consider top of the funnel, the initial Initial relationship building. You know, they they say you're better off being, and this isn't like the jack of trades, master of none, but it's the uh, you know two inches deep in a very broad subject set is what you're trying to do with your network. You want to build the numbers, the quantity, top of the funnel, and then from the top of the funnel, you know, you have let's say you know you build 15 new relationships, and that might and that'll be targeted. So you know, you, maybe you are really interested in marketing. So you build these 15 relationships with people that are some sort of marketing, whatever it is, like a PR person here, a, uh, a communications person, an advertise, somebody that knows Google ads, you know, and that's their specialty, whatever that is. And then from there, you, you really want to start to work your way down the funnel from a relationship and a career perspective. What are you really interested in? Is it the comms portion? Is it the PR? Is it the public relations? You know, what is it? But that first layer, that pull, that network, top of funnel network is so important from a success matrix as you start to work down that funnel. So it was probably a 
convoluted way to describe it. I apologize, but it's that first level. I completely agree with you. And one of the interesting things is the broader that you, you make that, the better chances. And I guess... This sounds bad because it's all about like what what you're getting out of your network, but you know, let's just be selfish for a second and think about what you would get out of your network. And with if you are to make it broad in all of these um, different fields and different industries, especially professionally, one of the things that's well known is that you don't get jobs and work from your first degree connections. You get them from your second degree connections. So now that you and I are, are a first degree connection, maybe somebody that you know, you know, is going to refer me to a job or something yeah, like course. that. And yeah. that is huge when you think of it like, like that, because if you can make a lot of first degree connections, then you've exponentially increased the amount of people that statistically will get you your next job. Yeah. Yeah. If that, that makes cool. any sense. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean that, you know, it, it, the quality and quantity of those top of funnel connections really lends itself to so much goodness as you go forward. I mean, and depending on, and you said, you know, not to be kind of self-serving, what can you get out of, if you're doing this right, your connections will garner as much value out of you as you do them. So I have a lot of folks that go in and they feel that way. They feel like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, I feel weird. I feel sleazy. I'm trying to like, no, you're not. Listen, they're going to ask you for something. They're going to use your second degree connections. They're going to find value in, you know, we're all very unique, not just people, but our journeys are unique. And tattoo, you know, we talked about tattoo shops earlier. I know some great tattoo artists here in Pittsburgh. And that has zero to do with what we're talking about. But if you ever, you know, that's a second degree connection and they're going to find the value, your network, even the top of the funnel, you know, network that you have is going to find value in you. So you're in there providing a service and you also got to pull that value out of them as well. So never, <laughs> never think of it as uh as self-serving. It's a, it's a very symbiotic relationship in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm glad that we kind of started there because one of the most commented or email inbound that we get is like, you guys keep talking about how 40 to 80% of jobs are filled informally, like through your network. How do I build my network? It's like one of them. It's one of the biggest questions that we get. And it's honestly one of the hardest ones to answer, you know, because it's, it yeah. can be difficult. It can be oh, difficult. I, and I and I think it's, you know, and that percentage, I, I can't agree more, you know, and I think it probably leans more towards the 80% is filled. But it's also feel, filled, you know, when you talk about that, it's different levels. Uh, you know, so a lot of those roles are filled, you know, it's the network, it's the who you know, but it's when you're already inside of the organization. So, you know, for instance, at Dell, you have to have an IDP, like an individual development plan, and people look at it, you build a network off of it. It's it's a tool that you use. And they're proud. We we are proud that you know a lot of the, the positions we have open are really, I don't want to say predetermined because they're not. There's a rigorous, you know, obviously interview process and everything else. But that manager knows that if there's somebody in an adjacent organization or outside, that they have an interest in this. They know because of this individual development. So, you know, that's, I, I, I do believe that percentage. And I think there's a way to get from point A 
to, to where you want to be. And even if it's kind of a, let's call it a, not a straight line. And I would say most of the time, especially for the veterans that I work with, it is hardly ever a straight line from this is what I figured out. I really want it to be. All right, go do this completely different thing in an organization where you can build that network and make your way to, you know, your, your dream job in a lot of cases. And, and it works and it really does work. But at the beginning stages, it's top of the funnel, how you get in, who you know. There's also some tactics, you know, digital certifications. And I think you you mentioned it in maybe one of your past podcasts, and I've never branded it this way, but um, it's like looking for a job backwards, I think you said. that That is, I've never called it that. So I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, uh, that, you know, that's where we start. That's where we start in many, many cases. And we look at their goals. We look at the veterans' goals or non-veteran. It's the same for both. And then how do we get them into maybe the field they want? Is it medical? Are they into healthcare? Are they into tech? Are they in, you know, go through the, the list? And then how do we build their network and also give them that, uh, you know, maybe that digital cert that they need that they're already looking for? They already have 10,000 Salesforce licenses. So we want to get you an inside sales, go get a Salesforce cert, come back. You're a no brainer. And then when you're in inside sales, which is a great entry point, look at the marketing, build some relationships, do some stretch projects with the marketing team. If that's where you end up wanting to be, but it is who, you know, and that network is, uh, is infinitely important. You're right. Yeah. And just for those listeners that, don't know what we're talking about as far as looking for a job backwards. It's basically, just to put it simply, it's basically starting at the end. And so it's thinking about uh, what job that you want to have. And then like, let's say you want to be a phlebotomist. That's the type of person that that uh, you go when you need to get your blood drawn and uh, she or he draws the blood. You just, you're going to go and look up phlebotomist on Indeed or your favorite job site. And you're going to look through all the uh, different certifications that, that they need. And you're like, oh, I just need a two week course at my local community college. And now you go and get that and you go and apply. Okay. Maybe it says that two week course wasn't enough after you, after you've gotten that certification then get the ne- the next one that it says and then go apply to more jobs. And that's very simply that that's what it means just for those uh, listening. Yeah. And Milo, I kind of wanted to backtrack and talk about, you know, you mentioned that you work at Dell Technologies. Yep. Would you mind telling us your your role there? Yeah, absolutely. So I I came into Dell uh, about five years ago, and I was through my my military public sector background, and this was my start. This was kind of like my my in. I took what I had and uh, the skill sets that I had and that I knew, and, and I've always wanted to be in marketing. But I started in sales, so I went essentially from uh, government life to inside sales, government sales. You know, and, and then from there it was how do I get into? I always wanted to be marketing. I'm a big relationship guy. That is marketing. It's building relationships, just not for you know, not just for yourself and the company, but for your stakeholders. So being able to foster a relationship between this, you know, sales guy or saleswoman who who owns a, a region and then bringing a, a, a potential customer to them in a meaningful way, you know, and that's, it's really um, rewarding for me. So I, I loved marketing and I, I worked through kind of the IT side of the house in sales. 
and eventually took a job at Dell in their public sector marketing department. And from there, all of the tactics I think that we talk about progressed me into a senior director role. Um, So from manager to director to senior director. And I now have North America field marketing responsibilities, so channel and partner. So it's it's been it's been widely uh, my scope has grown significantly over the past four years. But I but it's exactly what I've wanted. I mean that is what I want. So I focus on um, North America, which includes Canada, you know, obviously, and it, channel marketing, public sector vertical marketing, specialty sales, which is our kind of. Uh, let's call it specialty routes to market. So through education and our our communities we have built and marketing directly to them. But uh, yeah, Dell for five years and yeah, I couldn't be happier. It's a great, it is an absolutely, it's isn't a commercial for Dell, but it's a great company. <laughs> I would tell awesome. you it wasn't, I promise. <laughs> and for those listening, marketing is one of the number one like industries that people want to get into. And I'm not really sure... I, Maybe you can give some insight into that. Maybe uh, I think it has to do with like the allure of like storytelling and, and like getting people to take action on something, but not having to like directly at, be the be the person like give me that money, you know, and and being yeah. like sales. But what I wanted to ask though, too, as a follow up to that thought, was it's kind of my job to know what every job is, and what we say here is if you don't know like the jobs that are out there, how can you get a target for it? So So what does your day-to-day look like? Yeah. So it is, so I have a team of, of, it it varies here daily. The job market is tough. So we're hiring and people are going other, other roles, but uh, 50 or so marketers and the day-to-day really includes working in a massively matrixed organization. So so Dell is it's big. It's a uh, 100,000 employees. It's it's uh every country you can imagine 90 billion plus a year and everybody is in pockets and they all do their things. So we have a full stack of IT solutions. So you got, you know, your laptops, then you got your servers, then you got your server, you got all this stuff. And everybody has their own, let's call it um their own value props, their own messaging, their own uh, their own decision makers that they have to target. So you have some like the laptops and we're going after students and it's like, buy Dell. This is great. So we work with, then you got servers and storage and it's like, you know, hey, this is the CIO we're looking at or, the, you know, whomever, you know, one of the engineers. So we spend our days working twofold, looking at the, working with the product teams, and taking what they have, this server is, this is the new 16G edge enabled, blah, 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 whatever nonsense, you know, product nonsense. Okay, let's make that marketing team, my team, let's make that not only understandable, but intriguing to our potential customers. So we go, we do a lot of different things. We map uh, personas. Personas is a big one. Like I said, you know, it's, the laptops, even our laptops in the range there, students like some of them, uh, the creatives, the people that love the art, you know, they like different ones. Gamers, we have Alienware, the Alienware brand. They like something totally different, you know. So who is your persona and what do they actually care about? So it's this deep dive from a marketing perspective into different personas and what's going to make them, one, what's of value? You have to bring value. You can't just bring 
this is the coolest thing. We're going to get you so excited. Here's our jingle. Here's our celebrity spokesperson. Buy this. There actually has to be value because those customers have to grow into what brand loyalists. And that's the key. You know, that really is the key. So our goal is to make brand loyalists out of all of our potential, you know, let's say customers out there. And then from a customer set, like I said, it's everything from oh, got students to, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin and these enterprise level massive companies to small businesses just starting up to whomever. But we have to figure out a way as marketers to build that 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 great technical messaging into something they understand, they'll see value in, and then we have to deliver it to them. And then when we deliver it to them, you know, you have this journey that's uh, everybody in marketing talks about the customer journey, you know, from awareness, top of the funnel, all the way to purchase and then post-purchase. What do we do with you afterwards? We can't just be like, ah, good luck. We have an entire post-purchase marketing journey too. So we look a lot at psychology, which is really fun. We look at, you know, what are our personas, our potential customers interested in? What do they like? What do they want to see? Do they enjoy meeting with a salesperson or are they intimidated by salespeople? If they are, let's do something virtual. Let's do, you know, there's all these tactical marketing outlets that you can do. And that's what we spend our day doing. Looking at the new products, the cool new Dell, the, you know, the new tech stuff that's out there, what our competitors are doing, and then what we can do to best position our gadgets, our stuff, our services, or whatever in a, in the most relevant, meaningful way to our customers. That was a long definition. I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a marketing tangent. That is great. That's exactly, that's exactly what I wanted. And my, I'm wondering for you guys at Dell, or even for your personal job, yeah. how much of it is metrics based versus oh. you know qualitative yeah it's so it is um kpis you know the key performance indicators for for the team you know for everybody listening that acronyms kind of drive me crazy from the military we got to got to spell them out for people but uh the the uh, key performance indicators is you can't go a meeting at Dell without talking about what the KPI is or ROI, return on investment, or you know whatever, let's call it measuring metric we're going to use for this specific project engagement. This, I one, this is really good for, for the veteran community. So the veteran community, not to go back on the vet side, but they come in and for vets, there's some very uh, specific value props that you bring because of what you've done in the past. You know, even no matter what your role is in the military, you come in being able to, one, attention to detail. It's recognized immediately inside of uh, corporate space. It's, you would be shocked at how fast, and they'll say it different ways. Wow, I can't believe you caught that. Well, you know, yes, you're right, that, you know, that piece. So that attention to detail is immediately recognized and helps a vet, but also the ability to measure success, KPIs. You know that is that is second nature for for a lot of the uh, the veterans coming out. There's success metrics, and in marketing for us, you got everything. You got uh, margin gearing. You know how much margin are we making based off of a specific event, but high level pipeline. You know, what leads, how many leads, how many people join that, uh, join that webinar that we put on uh, 150 registered and only 30 people showed up 
And of that, we only got seven leads. Ah, okay, yeah, not a good one. Another one, 150 people showed up, you know, and then you start to, to benchmark. And this is where kind of that tech cert piece of it comes in a little bit. But if you're like a power user in Salesforce, for instance, and you know how to build the reports and you can track and you use marketing cloud, holy smoke, you are, you pick your job wherever you want to go. I mean, just do those reports, the analytics of it. Um, but yeah, I would say we probably have 20 key metrics that we use depending on the marketing activity with pipeline being a top one, uh, lead generation, demand generation, and um, and then obviously revenue and return based off of, of whatever the activity was. One of the things that I really love about this conversation, I think that I hope that people can get away from is there's a lot of similarities between like marketing for a business, whether you're trying to get people to buy your product or marketing when you're trying to get a job, right? Like it's, it's the same exact thing. And everything that you were saying earlier about, you know, personas and what value you bring and just being able to then do that analysis, whether it is whether it is in an interview or whether it's through your resume or video pitch or whatever it is, you can see, okay, I'm going to sit across from Ryan today. I'm going to sit across from Milo today. And you do a little bit of research about what they do. And then you speak and I'm doing a customer service role. And so you speak about how you can bring value to that uh, customer service role. And I think everything that you touched on is really valuable for people to bring in, um, even if they're not you know, marketers by trade are not trying yeah, to be, you no, know, no. And it's, and I think, you know, and we have a lot of success stories. We, I don't have an organization. We, I just consider it's like the Royal we, it's me and yeah. <laughs> you know everybody that I've worked with, my best friends, it's just everybody. Um, but, uh, but we have a lot of success stories where, you know, let's say that this goes back to the kind of backwards look into, into finding a role. They don't know what they want to do necessarily. And we get that a lot because you know, I was command and control in the Air Force. My first six years was uh, I was an aircraft mechanic, and then I went into command and control and intelligence at the Air Force. And um, and then when I when I left, essentially those skills don't translate. There's no you know I can't. There's no directing a a, a medevac uh, operation in downtown Pittsburgh. It's like okay, you know I could be, but a lot of friends will go. They'll be public security, you know, they'll be police officers, wherever that may be, which is awesome. But for me, it didn't translate necessarily into what I enjoyed. And you see that a lot, not just with vets, but with, you know, two years into a college degree and maybe they're not feeling it or it's like, holy, you know, it's or somebody that's, um, you know, that's been a teacher for 10 years and they're just like, it's time for a career change. No matter what that is, you have this inflection point where you're about to make it takes a lot of guts, but you want to be happy and you want to make that transition. And we have a, a lot of our folks look at not job specific, but industry specific. So we had a, a young lady who she wanted to be in the healthcare field. She wanted to be in something in healthcare. She loved exercise. She did some, she was trainer work, all this stuff. We said, all right, well, let's get you there. We looked backwards. We said, okay, this, uh, you know, we looked at the companies that are hiring and at the time Peloton was one of them and they needed a essentially, you know, a programmer type of certification. It was very entry level. And we got her into a 15 week course that taught like 
SQL and CSS, whatever the languages were, just basic languages. Um, she got in with that company and with Peloton and has since skyrocketed through the company. I mean, she's, you know, now she's out there presenting on behalf of, uh, of Peloton. She's a thought leader in the, in the, you know, physiology and exercise space. She was a, she was a, um, a personnel person inside of the military and then coming out completely different career field. But if you have that passion for an industry, you can get into it. And then from there, figure out what your dream job is in the industry. She doesn't do coding anymore. She's in public relations now. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. You know, it's just like a, a, a fairy tale. But sometimes backing just into that one segment, I want to be in healthcare. I want to be in medical. I want to be in public safety. I want to, whatever it is, get there, get your foot in the door and then build that network. Totally, totally. And, you know, one, I off air, if you don't want to dox this person, I would very much like to meet this lady. If, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she if is, we could, she is if we could connect. Yeah, yeah, that that would be that would be fantastic. I would love to hear her story. Um and the second thing is, yeah, you know, I have a, a friend very similar to this. I've never talked I never talked about him. He's actually a really good friend of mine. Um he was a marine biologist by major, and then he actually did it by trade as well. We um, we were in Hawaii at the time, and he was just sick of it. The marine biology doesn't pay a lot, and um, he wanted to get into tech. And so what he did is pretty much the exact same thing. He kind of found a job backwards, looked at what was in, in demand. He took a 16-week uh, boot camp to learn how to code, just the basic languages, exactly what you said. I think it mostly it was actually mostly just Python. And... Um, he ended up getting a job at, uh, meta well, Facebook at the time yep. and he got a job at Facebook and he was like, he was working on the Oculus devices. He's like, I don't really like this. This isn't really what I want to do, but you know, fast forward two, three years later, he's now working at a completely different firm in the tech space as the like procurement director, you know, manager. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and that's a lot of people think that like, okay, you, so if I start with the Salesforce, like certification, I'm just using Salesforce since we used it already. If yeah. I start with this one cert, then I have to be an admin forever. No. Right. You no, but it's just your foot in the door. It's no. just that, it's just that transition out of whatever it is that you're doing right now. And then you can, it's much easier to connect the dots once you're, once you're in there, as yeah, you've said. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's the other, I guess, lever that um, that veterans have to pull is that they're veterans. So there's some, I'd want to say that there's some well-earned preferential treatment with, you know, let's say government jobs, for instance, for veterans, as well as uh, state and local jobs. Uh, you'll get veterans preference if you do want to be a, a public safety officer. Um, also, with government contractors, like the big folks, like Lockheed and Booz Allen and G uh, General Dynamics and those, those teams. So getting your, and that's the key, it's taking the leap and doing something that might not necessarily be your dream job or the, you know, or even, I, I hate to say it this way because it never ends up this way. It never ends up, you know, just do something for a couple of years that you don't want to do. But when they do it, 
they never end up being miserable ever, <laughs> like ever. I mean, even if it's coding and it's like, oh my God, I can't, you know, go get a, a cybersecurity, you know, 15 week cert and work at a help desk or do whatever. I know it sounds miserable, maybe, but I bet you it won't be. I bet you you're going to be excited. Then you're going to start to get excited about the politics of whatever company you're in. And it's not, and I, politics is a bad word for us today, but realistically, you know, whenever you're inside these big matrix orgs, it's, you see all these different divisions and you'll find things and you'll get excited. Your, your day job will be secondary to you as you go through and figure out what you want your next steps to be. You'll be excited. It's, and not to, you know, and I love the people that, that come in with degrees are awesome. I'm not being disparaging to them at all. But they go through this same thing as well, because I would say that, you know, even our vets with degrees, 90% of them, I mean, that's an, that's obviously an informal study of, of my network, but uh, they're doing something completely outside of whatever degree that they, you know, that they attained. So it is taking that leap, being confident in yourself, knowing there's an end goal and 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 then building that network and going after it it's it really does work degree free it does work I'm yeah it, 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 uh, <laughs> thanks uh absolutely one of the things that i i'm just giddy right now because you said do something for a couple of years that you don't want to do you know and it's like that is so refreshing because in and and i'm even guilty of this myself sometimes be like you know Oh, do the things that you want to love. Like that's uh, do things that you love, right? Like that's what you hear and yeah. do things that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's like, all right. One, I, yeah. I, I think that that can be true, uh, definitely. But I think for the majority of people out there, especially the ones that are listening to this podcast, it's like doing the things that I love, aren't going to pay the bills right this second. Yeah, totally. Right. Like, uh, I might love to do this podcast right but like if it's not paying the bills like you know i gotta go get a job right yeah. uh, and so uh, it's useful to a point i think it's very useful if you're thinking about like from an entrepreneur's standpoint i think like yeah for entrepreneurs you're gonna have, for most people are gonna work you know 60 to 100 hours wow. a week seven days a week for five years and it's probably gonna fail you know what i mean yeah. like and so if you're going to go that route, which a lot of degree free people do like, okay, then you probably want to at least enjoy the work, you know, or at least not yeah. hate it that much. But yeah. if you're just, if you're going to go and take the career path, which is what most people do. Yeah. Suck it up. And like, well, a common one that we hear is I have no soft skills. I have zero soft skills. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't want to talk to people. What's a job that I can do. And oh, it's just like easy. What, what is it? What is it? Listen, I mean, there are infinite jobs that don't require soft skills these days, especially <laughs> in the remote workforce. And I understand that. I mean, and we deal with them constantly. And it's, you know, and, and it does get into that IT space. There's a lot of those IT uh, technical roles. I mean, there's even, there, is, there are logistics roles. So, you know, when we look at supply chain and logistics and, you know, let's call it maybe the operations side of the house. I, you can look at, um, you know, we have a great, I have a guy, I have a guy now, he's at UPS. He's, uh, he's doing logistics. He's, he wants to eventually be a supply chain. He wants to go into the supply chain side. 
I don't want to say he doesn't have soft skills, but he doesn't want to, he, he's not keen on exercising Scott's soft skills. He is very, he's very analytical person. He loves to do research on things like that's his deal. And, you know, so he wants, so we said, all right, let's get you at a loading dock at UPS and we're going to start you there. And then we're going to show you how to build your network and get you over into the supply chain operations, logistics side of the house where you're going to be right where you want. He's, I mean, he started, he's a young guy. So he started that at 22. He's now 24. He's supervising at the loading dock. He's making 55,000, bought a little starter house. He's got a line of sight into the exact division he wants to be in. It might take him a couple more years, but he is going to be in that, you know, uh, non-soft skill needed role, (laughs) (laughs) you know, any, any month now. And he thought he was going to hate throw. He, he, he doesn't, he loves that job. I don't know that he's even going to leave to be completely honest. Cause he ended up, this job is going to make me miserable. I'm going to be there on a midnight shift. I'm going to be loading packages, but he got so excited about the opportunities and what the future looked like at UPS and the, you know, the, the, I could move to, you know, he has a city that he might want to move to. I think it's Memphis or wherever it is, but it, it's, it, he has not been miserable one day in that role. And he's positioned himself without the soft skills to be in an operations role, but that operation side tech side, you know, that's, I, I think it's a no brainer. If, if you don't necessarily enjoy building relationships, being in front of people doing that, you know, soft stuff on a daily basis. That's awesome. I am going to steal that because normally what I say to people is very much not as helpful as what you just did, which is actually giving answer. <laughs> I don't well, that. like <laughs> I, I usually say like, hey, uh, in not so many words, like suck it up, Buttercup. Like you, you've got to, you know, like your career is going to be helped by learning soft skills at least just a little bit. That's true. You know? That is true. Like, You're right. You know, like even the even the smartest engineers in the world, you know, well maybe not the, maybe not like the top. 10 or something like that, they can be, you know, but for majority of the people out there, you're still going to have to be, you know, people are going to want to work with you or going to, you're going to have to make them like you in some, in some way. And soft skills help that. I I wanted to, I wanted to transition though. And we've talked a lot about, uh, veterans and, uh, the military. I kind of wanted to head in that direction because as we were talking offline about this, it's like one of the most common questions that we get as well is about transitioning out of the military. And, you know, you and I both know that uh, people, veterans, people that are coming out of the, the military, they have a lot of skills to offer. But I think one of the problems is, is one, companies don't know about, about those skills. And then two, uh, a lot of it is that the veterans themselves don't have the confidence of like, well, you know, I used to bust down doors for a living or, you know what I mean? Like I was just a crew chief, uh, you know, and they're like, how, how does that relate to an office job or how does that relate to civilian life? And like, there's no equivalent. And so one, I guess if you couldn't, if you wouldn't mind just going over a little bit of your military background and what you did, uh, you kind of went over it, command and control, yeah. um, but a little bit, maybe a little bit more, give it a little bit more color and then uh, kind of talk about, you know, some options for these veterans. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, yeah, I have a, I have a I, so from what I can tell, and obviously um, in the days of social media, this might not seem like a, the, 
the common path because everybody makes, you know, ah, it's amazing. My home life's amazing. Everything's kind of, I don't want to say falsified, but, but, you know, it's a, there's a bit of a glow to it that might not necessarily be exactly <laughs> real. But from what I could tell in my, in my life growing up and, and military life, I, I started, I had a very, very common path, very similar to a lot of the vets that are out there. So, um, grew up me and my sister, no real, uh, no real parental unit. You know, we had, we had parents with some mental illness and some substance abuse issues. And, um, we were essentially raised by family members, grandparents for sure. So we were very lucky in that. And, and, and I say that because one, it felt very normal. I think I only have one friend that actually had two parents. So that guy was the weirdo, Mr. You know, two parents guy. It's weird. But, uh, (laughs) But, you know, for me, this was like, this was, this was very, very common. And as I, I, you know, got through later years in high school, it was that degree. I mean, that was, that was how to do it. That was the only way that's where everybody pushed. Like that's the next step. Uh, Went to a state school. I was very bored in high school, to be completely honest. It was, it wasn't something that I completely enjoyed necessarily. And, uh, and I, so I ended up with like a, I don't know, whatever GPA, two, two, one, two, I, who knows. And uh, I went to whatever state school would let me in. Well, I did that for a semester and um, just absolutely everything that you could, all the worst case scenarios occurred, joined a fraternity, didn't go to class, just complete nonsense. So uh, what was great where I look back now and I feel, you know, back then I felt like I was, uh, not lucky, but in real life was extremely lucky as I had zero safety net. And, and sometimes that's a good thing. There was no moving back home. There was no, uh, you know, uh, a, a pocket of money where I can rent a house for a couple months and then figure out what I want to do. Ne- that negative. It was like, I have $4. So join the military. That was it. So I, you know, that drove me to, to join the military. I did. I joined the air force when I was 18 and, um, uh, went to boot camp, and uh, one, it was that was an example of oh my god, I'm going to be miserable, and I don't think I was miserable for a day that I was there. So you know, taking that step back, but I found that's an insanely common thing that occurs, not just with military vets, but with people that go to college. Like it is, I couldn't believe how many people were just like that. Ah, I did a semester, I did a year, I did a whatever, and it's like, oh, good God. Okay. All right. So I'm not as terrible as I thought. So, uh, so I progressed through, through the military. I learned some networking traits. We talked to top of funnel. I volunteered for some things. We did this, we did that. And, um, and then I was at an inflection point where I, I, I wanted to do something else. You know, I wanted to, there was a money aspect to it. I wanted to make more money. You're very much capped in the military. You know, you have ranks and grades and, and uh, I said, so, you know, it's like, what do I do next? What do I do next? And, and that is a big moment for a lot of people. And a lot of vets have that moment, either a disabled vet that is, was unable to make the decision. The decision was made for them. You know, here's your 2,500 bucks a month. You can't really live off of it, but it's what we're giving you. Go do, you know, go be great. Or, or somebody that's ready to make that transition out of the military. And this is where I started to get, and, and I say this, and, I, and once again, I don't want to paint the broad brush. I hope none of your listeners hate me for this, but 
but it's uh, the, the, the college um, factory, the education establishment preys on people like that. They prey on these, especially military men and women who have a bit of a GI bill who could pay. They will sit at your door when they find out you're, you're getting out. Go do that. Come get this degree. Come get that degree. And it was, and I saw that. And I saw a lot of vets take that path and go and spend a lot of money on, you know, whatever degree it is and then never use it. And, and so that's what made me passionate about one working with vets. And I've done that for a while and, you know, a volunteer spots and like wounded warrior foundation is amazing. And, um, you know, it's the USO is an awesome organization. I was on the board over there for a while, but it is, it is unethical sometimes I think on how they poach and what they, you know, what they sell whenever, if you just dig two inches deep, you see the stats, you don't use your degrees. These vets can make more. You can get into a career, be making money, get free training, get to the job you want, never have to, you know, take that pause. And those four years, maybe five years, six years that you miss in the workforce, in the long term for your retirement, for your, it's a hit at the end. That's five earning years that you, you know, even if you were only making 40 grand, 18 bucks an hour, 17 bucks an hour, that's all 401k that's in there compounding, da, 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 da. So, you know, I, I, I just have a personal uh, opinion that that wasn't necessarily the right decision for, for all of the folks. And then that brought me from, you know, what I'm doing there to my career, my career path into IT, which I was really interested in, um, started to work for an IT distributor. And then through the distribution, it was like, oh, I want to go work for Apple because they're super cool. But then I met Dell. And I was like, oh, Dell's cool too. I didn't really know what they're doing. All right, let's get over to Dell. You know, and then so now, you know, at Dell, but and through that path, there was a lot of uh a lot of failures, a lot of lessons learned, but a lot of very simple things that if the truth was being told, could definitely direct, you know, a vet or non-vet, to be honest, just somebody that's a year after college that's like, nah, this is this is crazy. You know, I've been I've been drinking a lot lately. I gotta do something. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. But yes. it's, uh, so just to jump off. in here, just to jump in here for a second. Yeah. Like I, I completely, Hannah and I completely agree with you on the colleges prey on the ex-military people, basically. You. you know, and it's like one of the things, and it's difficult for me to get up on my soapbox and, and have an opinion about this because I'm not a vet. I did it. I didn't enlist. I'm not in the military. No, that I'm being sure. said, that being said, like I look at, I have family members that were in, I have family members that are currently in. And like, I look at them and I'd be like, you don't have to use, you know, like you don't have to use your GI bill. Like, yeah. I mean, I know that that's the reason why you went, I get it, man. And like, and like, I'm getting a little, like, you know, it sucks. Like, yeah. you know, you went and you did a bunch of shit, you know what I mean? You did a bunch of stuff Yeah. and I can see it in your eyes when I'm telling you this, that, you know, that hurts. And, um, you know, it hurt me uh, when yeah. I was having this conversation and, uh, but you know, the truth of the matter is, is like exactly everything that you said, you're giving, you're giving up the opportunity, look at the opportunity cost of it. Right. Like, yes, yes, they're paying for it. And yes, you get subsidized, you get subsidized a bit, but you can, 
just if you start to get work, you can make more money and be more financially, you know, ahead and be more financially uh, secure because of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a difficult, it's difficult for, for people, for me to say that to people, but it's also difficult for people to, no, to hear. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and you have free license to use me as the, you know, the guy that said it. So if you ever, from a reference perspective, but it, it's, they, it, and that GI bill doesn't pay for everything. And there's always, you know, and then if you have a family, which so many military members come out and they have, you know, the young family, or, or about to have a family or about to give it's, it is. Um, and I always say, you know, there's some folks that come out of the military that have a very distinct idea of what they want to do. And it requires a degree. They came out and they want to be a lawyer. And it's like, listen, you're never going to, I know knowledge is at your fingertips more now than ever in the history of, you know, the rock that we're on. It, you could just go and learn. You could probably, if you wanted to and dedicated your, you could know more about law than some of the lawyers that are out there if you really wanted to, but you can't practice without that, sir. You know, and, it, and you know, there are these barriers to entry where you need that education. If that's not the case, and that's a rare case in my, in my, at least engagement with the military community, you know, that might be one in 50 or so that say, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to be this type of scientist. I want to be this engineer, you know, or I want to be able to, an architect that stamps the, you know, the electrical, okay, you need it. You need a piece of paper for that. I get it. The other 49 of those 50 should at least take a run at a, it may be like a, a degree free path. Or a, or, a, or a certification type of path or a trade type of path to get to where they want to be. There are so many ins now into these companies, into these industries. You know, you look at just entry level inside sales. You look at the, 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 the kid we have at UPS. You look at just, there are so many entry points that you would be remiss. You would look back. I can almost guarantee you'll look back and say, I should have been doing that. I should have been doing that and, you know, and maybe taking these certifications, but I should have been. So I, I'm always cognizant of the few that know exactly what they want and need that degree. And I understand, and we're going to help them get there and we're going to teach them how to use their GI bill efficiently. Uh, so they're not just completely, you know, a prey to one of these schools that it's, here's your 500 a month, uh, will defer X amount and you'll owe 50,000 still at the end instead of 70, but it's a great deal. It's like, no, it's not. But the, the, the majority of, of people would really, really benefit from not just, you know, wealth wise, money wise, but emotionally, I mean, you're immediately contributing to uh, military folks. A lot of them, like I said, have young family. You're immediately contributing. You don't have that. And now, psychologically, I look back and there's a lot of people that sacrifice and their spouse goes to school for something specific. They want to be a nurse and they say, all right, you know, let's, let's shoestring budget this sucker and get you that degree. And that's unbelievably noble. And I I absolutely love it. But, you know, there's a psychological effect to that on the back end where it's like that person getting the degree, the woman, the man, whoever it is, feels like, shit, I'm not contributing. I'm not, you know, I don't, I feel like I'm not, I got this young kid at home emotionally, financially, just it, it, it feels, 
different. It's a very different path in life to try to do the, you know, degree free path as opposed to maybe the more, I, I don't even want to say traditional because I don't really think it is traditional these days. It's, you know, that, that other way, the other, the other option. I, I completely agree with that sentiment of calling it traditional as well. Um, and yeah, I think what we tell people here is that actually being degree free and I'll speak from personal experience. Like I actually have a college degree. I, I went for four years and, uh, as soon as I got my college degree, like literally on stage, grabbed it, I realized that I was just as unemployable as I was like 10 seconds before I got this thing, yeah. you know? And I was just like, wow, I just wasted four years of my life. Well, it was actually four and a half for me, but you know, yeah. like, and a, and, a, and a lot of money. And, but what we tell people is that, you know, being degree free isn't easy. Like it's simple. It is, it, it, it is simple. Like, uh, but it's not easy, you know, like just right. using the tips that we've talked about today and the tips that we've talked about in our podcast, like you'll be able to triangulate, you know, what to do, figure out, you know, get a target and, and then go for it. It just takes hard work, you know? And, um, you know, yeah. I wanted to ask specifically though, for those, uh, for those veterans and then for those, uh, spouses of veterans listening, like, what are some specific tips that you've used and that you've seen people use that are getting out and, you know, getting placed in these, uh, you know, roles, entry to, you know, mid-level roles um, out there? Because one of the things that I think about is, and this is from people that I've helped that were like, uh, I'm a, I used to be a firefighter, um, firefighter EMT. And so, you know, I've helped some EMTs and firefighters transition. Um, and one of the things that I think about the most useful thing is kind of just giving them the vocabulary um, and the confidence to say like, here's what companies care about and here's how your background fits that. And here's the story to tell that. Yeah. Um, is there something, or are there some tips like that for the military community? Yeah. I mean, you kind of just, you kind of nailed it. So we didn't do a prep for this and you just kind of nailed that one. So a lot <laughs> of it really is, um, understanding. It's understanding of what's out there and the vocabulary and everybody speaks. And we joke about this inside, you know, Dell now. The military is terrible with acronyms and their languages. Well, corporate America is twice as bad as you think that you think, you know, uh, the 9-11th airlift wing has crazy acronyms. Come to a meeting at Dell and not hear three actual words, just acronyms <laughs> and nonsense. It's crazy. So one, having that knowledge of two things, what's actually out there, what's, what's available, what's, what the job roles entail, you know, what is marketing? What is this? And then what are some of those, let's call it key things, terms, languages to look for in order to kind of start your search. So when you come from the military, it's it's a bit different. You have, you know, everywhere has a chain of command, but in the military, it's a very distinct chain of command. You know, it's not, so just from an organizational structure standpoint, we typically start there just to be completely, you know, transparent. It's that basic at the beginning. It's like, uh, you know, a vice president, president isn't equivalent to a colonel. It's different. It's very linear in the military or very horizontal in the military. A general is a general. A private's a private. You know, it's what it is. 
in corporate America, a director at Amazon could be the same level as a SVP, you know, at a smaller startup. You know, it's so looking at the org charts, figuring out, you know, who the what the C-suite looks like, what the SVPs, the global roles, the North America roles, the local roles, the regional stuff. All of the organizational structure is where we typically start. And you can do that. Like you can get that info online and we'll typically, you know, send some web pages over. But uh, but that's that's important. And it's important because they have to know what their targets are. They have to know, you know, what does an inside sales rep do? What does somebody at a call center do? What's the difference between an ISM, an inside sales manager, an inside sales lead, an inside sales? Because you got to know what your first target should be. And then from there, we do try to train in the vocabulary. So we look at some of the tech pieces. And if we say, you know, you have somebody that really wants to get into um, the medical field, they're super interested in medical and science and longevity. We have somebody that loves longevity now. He's, he's taught me about telomeres, which are like things in your brain that if they stay long, you live forever or something like that. I don't know what it is. But, but you know, so he, he loves that stuff. So we got him an inside sales role at uh, at a firm that's that's doing some you know it matter it's not longevity it's like uh, respironics it's like maybe CPAP stuff like that but it's an inside sales role and we explain to him okay here's how this works they're going to expect this from you fifty calls a day whatever it is oh my god once again it's going to be terrible no it's not Salesforce they use Salesforce here or they use uh, Freshworks or they use whatever go through the list at this company. And they're looking for somebody that has like one to two years experience that has sales. Grab this Salesforce cert. Here's a free one. Or if it's a Google cert, I don't know what Google charges these days. It's like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. It's like $39. They've they've teamed up with Coursera. It's like $39 a month until you get your cert. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some out there that are free. You know, get that cert. So you look good on the resume military highlight all of your, we can have a 23 year old that led a battalion of 30 people. I mean, the the resume piece is super impressive. And if you tie that and teach the words, teach the vocabulary, teach the, you know, the, uh, the, the org structures, and then add in one of them digital certs or, or knowledge, you know, a, a knowledge piece on the back end, we're getting them in. We're going to get them into that field. And then once we get them in, then it's, all right, phase two, let's build your network. Let's start to talk to somebody in your exact same position at um, Onnit or whoever you want to work for, you know, whatever the longevity company is or supplement company. And then we start to build the network there horizontally. And then we try to take that person into a a lateral move into the company they want to be in. And um, and, uh, lately, certainly, the job market is still really strong and I, I... you know, there's a lot of discussion around there about how it might soften this and that. It, it, industry-wise, it might soft. I, I don't know. It. I th- feel like we're in a very good job market for degree-free, just to be completely... Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. we totally are. I actually I had the pleasure and uh privilege to be on with uh the chief economist at ZipRecruiter last week and oh, that was jo- that was jobs day where we uh 
we kind of went over some of the jobs numbers and and while a lot of people that listen to this podcast like it sucks guys like i the job search process sucks it's you know like something's got to be done about it we yeah. recognize that that being said you know if, for whatever it's worth the job market has never been better uh, yeah. there are, there are two open roles for every one job seeker out there and that's just the numbers yes exactly what you kind of were starting to say yes there's maybe some softening in some uh, sectors uh, right now just the data i think it's 1110 that we're our 1111 that we're having this uh, conversation you know there's tech layoffs everywhere um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that uh, you know the job market in general is is bad yeah i agree i agree i think it's i think I, I agree with the sentiment that that we are in, and, and I think it's going to last. I mean, I know inflation is crazy, but I think this job market is going to continue, and there's going to be a, a lot of opportunity. And if you do it, if you do it right, if you build that network, if you're not afraid of lateral moves, you know, it, it, everything doesn't always have to be a promotion. And we we went through that a lot with our vets. Sometimes, and this is the org structure decision. Sometimes you'll get in and you'll have like a field marketing position or a field uh, sales position with a very small company. And you're out there selling some, you know, maybe some services or whatever. And then you look at an inside sales role at, uh, you know, pick any, at Salesforce. We've been talking about Salesforce or at, or at ServiceNow or at what, even go out of tech, you know, look at um, Boeing or whatever, any, anywhere you want to look. An inside sales person from a monetary perspective, Sometimes we'll just, you know, their on-target earnings are ridiculous. It could be 150K right off the bat. So, you know, there's, you have to keep an open mind. And that's something we preach diligently to any vet that we talk to. Don't look at, because they're so fixated on that chain of command. I'm a senior airman. I'm a staff sergeant. I'm not going to go take a role as a senior airman. Like, no, that's not how it works here, dude. No, you are a very valuable human being. Let's get you to where you need to be. Do not look at titles. Look at one, can you network better? Does, is there more to offer at this company? Is it getting you closer to, you know, from med sales, from CPAP sales to longevity? You know, is it, you got to look at your, your uh, career journey is not necessarily, necessarily linear. Could be a non-linear all over the place go, but we're going to get you to where you want to be. And when we do, you got 20 more years after that to just enjoy life. So, you know, that's the, that's the, that's a, that's an obstacle for a lot of the vets. They're, you know, they, they come in and they're intimidated by the org structures. They're intimidated by corporate language and they, they'll sit in on somebody's call and they're talking ROI and margin gearing and, and it's just like, hang on, I can explain all this nonsense super easily to you. And I'll even relate it in terms that you'll understand. And, uh, and then you got it. Don't be intimidated by this stuff. So we break that intimidation factor. We teach the vocabulary. We look at the org structures. And then we start to take a look at the entry points based off of what they want to do, where they want to be, whether it's industry or role specific. You know, if it's marketing, then you got a lot of different entry points. If it's if it's a specific industry, let's get you as close as we can to that industry. If it's soft skill piece, well, we know operations and logistics is if you don't necessarily, you know, wanna, we'll get you over to that operations <laughs> and logistics side of the house. And we'll get you in there. So it's a it's it's a process, but it's one. I think it's more fun than you know. 
doing it the the traditional way. To be completely honest, I think it's more rewarding. I think it's more emotionally satisfying. And then on the back half of it, I know, now I don't want to say degree-free, but I know more people with degrees and degree-free folks that either are not doing anything related to their degree or have had no degree at all that are more, and like you said at the beginning of the of the show, success is such a, a wide, you know, I know successful people that make $30 an hour and they freaking love their, they don't want to do anything else, period. They're, and they get to go and they, you know, whatever their pastime is, they play whatever sport on the side or they, they hunt or who knows, whatever they do, they absolutely love their lives. And then I have people that are just, they got into the finance industry. They moved their way to New York. They're working 50 hours, 60, or I mean, um, 60, 70 hours a week there. It's like, but they love it. Like that's their thing. Like they love that. So they've gotten there. So the, the definition of success is very, very different for everybody, as you mentioned earlier. But I know more people that are successful that are degree free or not using their degree at all than I know that got a degree and they're in that field and they're, you know, and the ones that I do, they're the ones that it's like, I know a couple doctors that are very happy being one's a pediatrician. My cousin's a, he's a, a oncologist. They're super happy, but that's what they wanted to do for me. I mean, there is a path for degrees. Like I get it. But I'll tell you what, for those two, I know 20 that are thrilled with life that have a, you know, a random degree that means nothing to what they're doing or no degree at all. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's the same experience uh, for me as well. You know, one of the things that I did want to like touch on is like, you know, we're talking about that alphabet soup, you know, knowing your vocabulary, like that's so important because I feel like you know, we're also used to understanding each other, right? When we communicate, we're both speaking English right now. And when you go into an environment where you know that that person is speaking the same language that you are, like, and they start just rattling off exactly what, you know, like OKRs, uh, KPIs, exactly what you said, ROI, you know, uh, it's very easy to, uh, shrink into yourself and just be like, I'm stupid. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is going on here. And, you know, I personally can't stress it enough about how empowering it is to just learn that vocabulary. And then if you don't know that vocabulary too, like just ask. Right? Yeah, don't it, be intimidated. Don't, exactly. Don't, I, I, I cannot agree more. It is because there's, I, I mean, I've seen it enough now in the corporate world where sometimes, you know, the knowledge is power thing is real and people will will feel more powerful based on what they know sometimes and they'll use you know there's some egos out there you're going to deal with just like in the real world you know narcissism and egos and they'll use that uh you know let's call it vocabulary or language knowledge base to to intimidate people and they'll come in and purposefully you know start ah but we need to, the metrics of success blah, 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 and they'll go through this whole spiel don't be intimidated don't you know don't don't give up don't feel that what they're saying took and, and and I'll tell them this but it's like you know don't feel that what they are talking about right now is because they have you know a communications degree uh from you know wherever university of whatever and that's why they're so smart no no they know this because they got a degree they got an entry level job they probably don't use their degree but they've learned the language over the past x amount of years and for our vets that are coming in 
they're coming in, you know, I equate it to take any, um, take any sales manager that's out there or bring an engineer in the smartest engineer you have in the tech space and, and put them on a mission with us in Afghanistan. They, you want to talk about intimidated. They aren't going to know a damn thing you're even saying, let alone what you're about to do. What about, you know, so it's this, it's the same thing. You just got to temper in the intimidation a little bit, learn the language. And we do that. We do a lot of, 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 uh, especially in specific industries where they have their own acronyms, you know, tech is one of them. SFDC is one salesforce.com. It's that's one we teach them right away. You'll hear somebody say, yes, it's Salesforce. It's, it's a tool, CRM tool, CRM. Okay. Here, this is, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it's like, shit. So you gotta go back and you gotta do, you know, but it, that, that is an intimidating barrier to entry. And you're, you're absolutely right. That, that, uh, you gotta, you know, be a therapist a little bit and, 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 and help people get past that. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I guess I don't want to take up too much more of your time just to kind of wrap up. Are there any like resources or books where people could learn a little bit more about how to become effective marketers, you know, to doing what you do. And then also for those people transitioning out of the military, there's a uh, reason you've mentioned wounded warrior USO. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that most vets know, know, know of those. Is there anything else? Yeah, no. So there's, I mean, so the good news is there's for vets. There's a, um, the, the awareness piece. There, there's a lot of opportunities out there for vets to get help. But like I said, some of the help isn't necessarily help that they that they want. There are your your local transition office, your military transition office. If you're coming off of active duty, they're amazing. They are wonderful individuals. Uh, career guidance and transition advice that they give is great. Utilize them. The USO, uh, the the a lot of the organizations, AMVETS, the uh, the American League. There's a lot of those organizations out there that will most certainly help you in whatever direction you want to go. Nothing substitutes for your own, let's call it um, uh, excitement for, for your life. You, you gotta, you gotta come out you gotta take things, you know, a bit into your own, into your own hands and make a plan. And then from that plan, work backwards, work backwards into that role. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of those resources that vets have will help them get from point A to B, but they're not going to help them come up with a plan, a life plan, a goal. Uh, you know, this is what I want to. So I would go in, I would go into to those organizations with an idea of what I want to do, at least at a high level, and and then start to build that network. And and that's part of your network. That's an initial network for you as you come out of the military and transition out. Are those support agencies? And, and having them and their secondary contacts is certainly something that's going to help you, help you move. Um, feel free, look me up on LinkedIn as well. You know, just my name, if send me a note, it's the best way to get a hold of me. If, if you, if you have any questions or need anything from me from a vet perspective, I'm all for it. And marketing from a marketing perspective, it is like, uh, almost like the digital certs these days for marketing. There's podcasts, there's uh, marketing outside of the grain uh, or marketing against the grain is a great podcast that's out there. The, I mean, there's online marketing certs. There's, I, there is a just 
well. It's an unfillable well of stuff. It's, it's almost overwhelming, but but it's but it's out there. If if marketing is the way you want to go, I would take a quick step back and look at start with almost the hierarchy of marketing and see what you want to do inside of that hierarchy. Is it digital? Is it social media marketing? Is it that they're very, very different. So do a search, take a look, you know, figure out where you want to be in marketing. And then from there, do the double click. If you want to, if you want to, you know, focus on social media, which is super popular these days. Great. Okay. Go figure out how to use Google AdWords. Go figure out how to do, you know, just dig into that, that specific area. But there's so many resources available right now. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that's difficult for the people that are just trying to break into an industry. They're you like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. And it's, so it's like, well, I think I want to be in marketing. And it's like, what part of marketing? You yeah. know, like and yeah. what's so funny, kind of uh when I was first hired at my first job out of college or maybe my second job uh, i was in the is a big regional bank and so it was a new higher orientation and i'm sitting across from this young this young kid maybe a few years younger than me and he's like a math major and he's doing an internship for the bank but he has to go through the new higher orientation as well and i'll like, oh what are you what are you doing like he's like oh i'm in the marketing department and i'm just like at the time, I had no idea. You know yeah, what I mean? It makes yeah. sense to me now. It makes sense to me now. But like, yeah. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, that's not like, you're not like storyboarding, storyboarding yeah. ads. And, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how, how are you supposed to be like selling me, you know, uh, whatever, financial instruments, right? And he's just like, no, like uh, the stats, you know, like metrics. Yep. And I was like, I don't even know what you're saying, man. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and it's, and that complexity lends itself to a, 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 that, that overwhelmed feeling that we get a lot for veterans when they come out. And it is more than okay. If you have zero idea, you know, we always say, if you have zero idea what you want to be when you grow up after the military, that's fine. That is not an issue at all. Try to find something that you're interested in and, and everybody has something whether it's an industry whether it's it is a specific role whether it's a, a personality trait whatever it is and then everything is working backwards and i know we've we've touched on this a couple of times but it's everything is kind of working backwards from whatever that sense of happiness is and it changes it changes a lot of times we see vets that that have this, this would make me happy. And then we get them to it in two, three, four years. And they're like, this sucks. I hate, no, it's, it's a journey, man. Like it's, it's cool. Just embrace it. Let's do something else. There's no, there's no right or wrong answers. The difference between school and that process or, you know, higher education, that process is what you've done in the last four years is going to be infinitely relevant to everything you want to do in the future. Whereas sometimes those four or five, six years as a degree just aren't. So, so this is something where, you know, don't worry if you maybe wanted to get into sales and you realize that quota being strapped to your back is just too much for me. Like I can't, I can't work to that number every quarter and it's just too stressful. No problem, but that's no big deal. That sales experience you have 
infinitely transferable. We got you covered. Like, so, so, you know, don't be too, um, don't be too worried. One, if you don't necessarily know what, what the end game is, the, the, the key is to get in the game. That's the absolute key metric to, you know, pulling the, 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 the proverbial trick, just get in the game, get in the game. We'll get you, you'll get, we'll build, you'll have, you know, the, the network, the, the subject matter understanding to get where you want to be very quickly, soon. And even if you don't, we'll figure it out as you go. Get in the game, get in the game. So it's, it's, uh, it, you know, that, that is a, a, something we harp on. If we, we see a lot of folks that don't necessarily know exactly what they want. And that's fine. It's completely fine. You're actually in a better position if you're not stuck, you know, in whatever 101 course for two hours every Wednesday. Just get out there and do, you know, <laughs> it works out. Better. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. But yes, um, Milo, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, honestly, kind of spitting these uh, truth bullets out at me. I, I love it. I have one more question before I ask the, where people could find you. Yeah. At the very beginning, you talked about uh, within Dell, you talked about individual development plans. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, could you just kind of touch on what those were? I, I put a yeah. note here and I forgot to ask you earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. So so it's it's becoming more popularized. It, it's a... Um, and and like I said, Dell uses them a lot. A lot. I, I don't want to say you know exclusively. I don't know the right word to use right now. But it is it, it is absolutely imperative to to your next step to to putting yourself in a position to get to where you want to be professionally inside of Dell. And it's that way in a lot of other orgs now. So these individual development plans are they are multifaceted. It's a multifaceted look inside of your current career and your aspirations. So here's what you've done so far, career-wise. Here's where you are. Here's what you've done. Here's where you want to go. And it's a moving target. It never has to be the same, but it's documenting it. And it's documenting it for a very specific purpose. And that purpose is for your team, your immediate supervisor, your uh, SVP to help you on that journey. If the company really cares about your growth and development, you're always going to have these, let's call them pro in place. We use that word. They're at the role they love. That's what they want to do. You know, we have people that do events. They love these freaking events. They're like, I, I can't think of anything more exciting than a trade show. We're going to go surrounded by 10,000 people. We're going to do this stuff. Amazing. Your IDP says you are a pro in place. How do we continue to make this role as valuable as possible for you? That's your in develop your individual development plan in role. Most folks will either want to progress either into management, senior management, um, or into a completely different role. Let's call it inside of marketing, inside of their division, or they want to go completely outside. And to maintain top talent these days, you have to give that opportunity, you have to offer that opportunity to, to, uh, to your employees, or they're just going to hop, you know, they're going to go from one to another to another. So this IDP or indiv individual development plan allows 
visibility into what you want to do. And we've had multiple marketers that wanted to be in engineering. And we said, all right, as part of your IDP, we want to get you with the tuition assistance program. Let's get this whatever paid for if you need it. Let's get, uh, or let's make these connections for you. Let's, let's connect the dots for you. I would suggest that even outside of, you know, a formalized IDP plan, if your company doesn't have one, you always have a personal IDP and, and you're mapping out. And it's, like I said, it is ever changing. And at one point you might want to be a logistics coordinator. And then two weeks later, you get a, you dabble in that, you do a stretch goal and you realize that's not what you want. You want to take a look more at, um, you know, a, a programming role or a, whatever sales position, whatever it is, that's fine, but it's a living document. The IDP is a living document. That's your own. That's made to one, keep you on track, but then also allow, you know, and, and it's something too, you have to socialize An IDP isn't good. If it's just internal, it has to be internal to you but it also has to be shared with, you know, your, your direct supervisor, your peers, your peers will help you, your, your, uh, you know, skip level two up whomever, but it's a great source of truth to have. Awesome. Thank you. And, um, you mentioned already LinkedIn is a good place to uh, find you. Where else can people find you? Is there anywhere else or is that the best place? I, the, the absolute best place is LinkedIn. I check it all the time because we're on there. We do a lot of ads and a lot of advertising. So I got the old LinkedIn, whatever the gold or whatever. Right, right. So that's the, that's the best place to uh, to make contact. Um, but then also it's just my email is literally my name at Dell.com. So if you, if you have any questions... If you're a vet or if you're anybody, I mean, it doesn't have to be a vet, but if you, if you have any questions about marketing or tech or, or transitioning from a vet or non-vet into the marketing space, just reach out. I'd, I'd, I'd love to send you a note and, and help out anywhere I can. Absolutely. And we'll put links to everything that we talked about and everything uh, in our show notes, degreefree.co slash podcast. And Milo, thank you so much for taking the time. I uh, really, really appreciated it. Yeah, no, thank you, Ryan. This is great. Keep doing what you're doing. Looking forward to uh, to being a fan as you go forward. So thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye.